1: to the War report podcast network
0: what is up everybody welcome back to college loop post game review talking about post game uh, post day uh, after the game uh, reviewing yesterday's whatever that was when over the cal golden bears and colin hi, how are you feeling buddy
1: um, I'm doing good. You know, got to see uh, a struggling Auburn win, but an Auburn win nonetheless yesterday. Um, NFL was officially kicked off today. Got to see the Broncos uh, struggle to lose, but it's good to be in the swing of things for football season for sure.
0: Yeah, I got to also hear about my Panthers losing. Uh, luckily, I chose to not watch after Bryce Young threw an interception, but if you can tell me I get 24 hours of Alabama – uh, I said former Alabama players and current Alabama players performing bad. Uh, I will, I'd be happy for that. Horns up, by the way. Go, Texas and the U. Thank you, Miami. But yeah, that game yesterday, uh, just initial thoughts about it. Uh, Albert's two and oh, hallelujah. I see that. I see James just put that up there. Yeah, let's go two and oh. Uh, and this kind of, I talked about this on the war report, kind of comparing this to the Missouri game last year where you won but you know, leave the game not really feeling like that was a win. It was a sloppy game offensively. Defense played great when we do our grading on it. I, I believe it's probably going to be pretty similar in terms of uh, who's going to have the highest grade, who's going to have the lowest grade. But, I mean, offensively, SEC plays coming up in two weeks. Uh, you got a lot of stuff to work on.
1: Yeah. Um, obviously the, the, the downfield passing is number one um, on list of things to work on for me. Um, considering we had maybe three or four downfield passes the whole game. And some of them were the scariest throws of the game. Um, yeah. Just a lot to work on. Yeah. And the play calling was bad. And I,
0: and we just were going to talk, I think we're going to get right into the quarterback conversation. Cause just, we, I get this out of the way. So, Auburn decided to run the quarterback two quarterback system. Hugh Freeze said it worked very well against UMass, and it did. Uh, then we saw what what happened if they did it against the power five team and Cal, who's a very defensively oriented team. And oh my, uh, yeah, uh, maybe pick one or at least at the very minimum of it, figure out when and where you're wanting to plug in Robbie Ashford. I mean, yesterday it was Peyton Thorn's not performing up to up to par let's throw in Robbie Ashford for two plays and then we're going to waste a timeout so we can put Thorne back in because he, and Freeze was even very vocal about the fact he, he lost trust in Thorne that yesterday. Like he was very vocal about, all right, well, Thorne is not really doing what we're wanting to do right now. So if he keeps, if he didn't he even said, if you don't, if he doesn't play well, you're not going to see very much of him in the second half. And we saw a lot of him in the second half. It was very confusing to me. And, I mean, the play calling, I you get option plays with Peyton Thorne and you'd get passing plays with Robbie Ashford. And I feel like I, I, the t- Tower of Babel going on where you can't no, it's a, a level of misunderstanding because the play calling is just was just horrendously bad yesterday.
1: I feel like it, neither of them have fallen into their role. So like you said, you'll have Robbie Ashford in on first and second down, and then you'll bring Peyton Thorne in on on third and five. And it's like, okay, well, what's he going to do here? You're coming in off the bench. They know, okay, if they're bringing Peyton in, okay, it's a pass. If they're bringing Robbie in, it's probably most likely going to be a run. And we saw that on the the fourth and two play where they brought Robbie Ashford in and he got stuffed.
0: Yeah, and it's like, okay, it's on the left hash. They're gonna we're going to run to the right. It was like as simple simple as that. And then you go back to the third and two. Where you just ran the ball for three yards, and Damari Austin, who had a great game despite the one fumble he had, you do a and this this the one play, it curses me to this very day. The stupid fade routes to to wide receivers who are shorter than six foot. And I know that one fade route to to Dravado Fairweather to win the game was awesome because he's a six foot five tight end. And that's who you got to throw it to in that situation. But why in the world is Amari Kelly getting a target on a third and two fade route?
1: Yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't, he shouldn't be. Uh, the fact is he's not going to make that play. Like you're throwing it to man coverage. So it's one-on-one and you're, you're expecting your man to win. Uh, you're, you're like five eleven six six foot receiver is not going to match up well against the bigger corner. And anytime in that type of situation. And where was Shane
0: Hooks? I feel like if all your wide receivers that you went out there in one-on-one coverage to throw a fade route to, you'd probably want to give it to your six. How tall is Shane Hooks? Six-three? Pass it to your six-foot-three wide receiver who is famously known for his ability to jump over defensive backs. He did it in practice. We got pictures of him doing it in practice, of him just throwing up one hand Catching the ball that was overthrown, by the way. So, props to that quarterback. Uh, I think it was Peyton Thorn. Uh, for Peyton Thorn needs to figure out his arm, dude. I, there was two big o- underthrows in that game, and one of them was caught. One of them was called pi. Rivaldo Fairweather needs the ball more.
1: Yes, I think I think everyone can agree on that. Um, the The drive in the fourth quarter was all Rivaldo Fairweather. We had that third and seventeen. Where he adjusts to the underthrown ball, comes down with it, advances the the drive, and then he gets the pi underthrown. Yeah, continues the, the drive, get a new fresh set of downs, and then he scores the touchdown. Um, without Rivaldo Fairweather, uh, I don't think Auburn scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter, um, and I don't think Auburn wins the game. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm gonna throw up some of these comments. I mean, I uh, got Lamora's knowledge saying Freeze didn't start looking at his play sheet until eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I believe that's when Freeze started calling plays. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I think when Auburn finally started running the up tempo, the offense started meshing well. This this offense is built for up tempo. And I don't know if it was just something lost in the cards with Philip Montgomery calling the plays. And just it was like, well, Freeze wants to run this play, but Montgomery's going to run this play. So there's got two plays coming through on the mic. And then that's when you get the two wasted timeouts in the, late in the third quarter and early on, early-ish on in the fourth quarter. When you were still down by four. But you finally Hugh Freeze starts calling the plays. Auburn moves the ball, end end of play, get back to the line of scrimmage, run another play, and, and then come back to the line of scrimmage. And then so on and so forth. And that's that's what happened in that last play of the drive, uh, last last, well, I guess, glass good offensive drive of the game for Auburn, uh, outside of you know, the victory formations and giving Demari Austin the ball more. We finally saw what Rivado Fairweather can do for this offense, and he provided a awesome security blanket for a quarterback that was, uh, by all means, struggling to get the ball to anybody. And, uh, and Amir just said no separation from my wide receivers. Our wide receivers were non existent yesterday. Jay Fair made two great catches and got got one of the touchdowns. Jay Fair is going to be the best wide receiver on this team this year because Shane Hooks just. Shane Hooks and Jason Jones might be two of the most two of the overhyped most overhyped players on this team. We came into this game, we came into this year saying Shane Hooks is legit. He is going to be an immediate playmaker. And we just not heard nothing about him. We had he had two big drops against UMass, and then this game, I don't believe he did he get a target uh he
1: did he had the one that peyton thorn overthrew him so he oh, had to go right. up for it and he couldn't even get it and I'm, I'm not saying that's his fault because he was open and, and should have had that that completion if it was on target but once again that just kind of leans this this offense is not meshing together
0: yeah and we'll get to the defense in a second but jason jones the whole other can of worms are going to get to but just to get back to the two quarterback system i mean if you're Gonna run up tempo, and Thornton's actually gonna like perform well under that situ- under that kind of play style. How about if you throw in Robbie Ashford? Maybe utilize his ability to pass the ball. Robbie doesn't pass the ball whenever he goes in. He had three passes. One of them was a stupid screen on third down that went for no gain. That was his one completion of the day. And then they throw him in for a play action rollout on third and whatever. And decided that, and everyone, I heard a lot of people like throwing out issues with letting Robbie Asher throw the ball. Robbie Asher can make passes. We saw Cal did something that we should be doing. with Robbie Asher, you got your, you got your faster quarterback, who's probably not your best thrower out of the two. Ben Philly is a better passer than Sam Jackson, but Sam Jackson was able to dink and dunk all the way down the field and throw for 120 yards after not even playing in the first quarter. Really, uh, he I think came in later on. Because they were using using Auburn's zone defense against him, and it was just out route, out route, slant, out route, slant. Robbie Asher should not be going in to throw the deep ball, especially without any momentum from the offense whatsoever.
1: Um, I think the craziest thing is that his first two plays were pass plays, and then his third one was that awful across the body into coverage rollout pass. But his first two plays of the game were both passes, and so that was the beginning of the second quarter. and so he did not pass the ball again until the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, and you bring up that stupid fourth and two run to the to the right. I just I just don't understand. and I'm gonna bring up some of these comments talking about the quarterback situations and some of the offensive issues because I want to get to the positives of the offense because there, there's a good there's a decent amount of positives, but we're gonna have to get through a lot more of these negatives. So James Barnett uh said i think the two quarterback system can work it was just used the wrong it was just used wrong last night Thorne has to put some zip on his balls and robbie needs to be allowed to throw the ball not just obvious run plays just my opinion uh james that's not an opinion that is a that is a matter of fact that is a matter of fact robbie ashford if you're gonna use him as a running quarterback and running quarterback alone just put him at running back just put him in the backfield as a running back because at this point are you really gonna trust him to pass the ball after just kind of throwing him in there for really no reason other than just to run the ball to the right, run the ball to the left. And the read option was only used with Peyton Thorne last night. I, I don't get it. We had an RPO going on, and we did the R and O with Peyton Thorne and the P with Robbie Ashford. I
1: Yeah, that made kind of, no sense to me. Um I mean, Peyton handled it all right. Like he had some good runs, especially in the first half. Um but just I don't see why we didn't pass the ball at all in the third quarter. Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, neither of them. we didn't have an attempt in the third quarter. I just want to know when you, they call it a
0: pass play, I just want to know why it wasn't trying to establish any momentum. Early on, you got these swing you got the running back swinging out to the left or right and then just a little dink and dunk to to the running backs. But then when you try to throw the ball down the field and get an intermediate passing game going on, which Auburn needs if they're going to want to win against any of these defenses, a and lost to Miami, but Miami actually looks like a competent football team again. And a offense is not as bad as it used to be. And their defense is still pretty good. And if you don't have an intermediate passing game, which Auburn has not had since uh, Jarrett Stidham, you're not going to do that. And for some reason, they're having these wide receivers who have struggled thus far running these complex, complicated routes that they should not be running in a in a game where you don't have any momentum. You just don't have any whatsoever. And it, it does not help that you got a lot of turnovers, uh, fumbles. You got two fumbles uh, from two of your best running backs. Jarquez, Jarquez's fumble was bad. Damari's, I'm not going to put any blame on Damari. Uh, I, I, lo- I will a little bit, but he did get like, <laughs> you know the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio whenever he gets hit by two cars? That's what happened to Damari Alston. He got hit to the left, got a little out of it, and they got hit to the right, and that's when the ball came out. That's what's going to happen. But that – God, the second play from scrimmage, I, I think. Was it the second play or the third play? It was
1: – It was the first one I saw on the broadcast because it the, cuts
0: right to – It cuts right to that – the third play from scrimmage, the third play of Auburn's offense. Peyton Thorne runs out of the pocket, runs out to the right, Uh, then does a nice shovel pass past the line of scrimmage straight to Cal's best defensive player, Jackson Sermon. Uh, And yeah, that, that moment right there, I was like, I'm not going to be able to enjoy this Alabama loss as much as I wanted to. That's not going to happen today. And luckily the refs screwed up and called him, called him down uh, instead of, you know, calling, calling it a fumble cover for touchdown. Uh, And, I believe it. I've heard a lot of Cal fans say if they would have called that touchdown or if Jade Not didn't get hurt, uh they would have won the game. Takes more than a game to win a football game. Uh unless it's the last play of the game. But oh my god, dude. That and the offensive line took a step back too.
1: The O oh. line it
0: broke down so much last
1: night. I don't know if I'm, I'm I don't think I'm ready to say it took a step back. Um Xavion Miller got called for so many penalties last night. This is true. There is no, that is a fact. Yeah.
0: And Auburn had, I believe, seven penalties on the day for 56 yards. And all of those were on the offense. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those penalties were on offense last night. And it even it, it hurts even worse knowing for the fact that this is an offensive-minded coach. And the offense was just bad. It looked like, and I'm not going to say it looked like a Harson team. I don't want to say that, but it looked like a later part of Gus Malzahn's career Auburn team last night where it was just relying too much on the defense and the offense cannot not like, get anything done
1: and we were getting flagged on these on these big plays these plays that the Auburn needs to get momentum like the Jarquez reverse gets called back for a, the worst holding of the whole night um by far it was egregious um and it also wasn't really needed um and that took away your probably your your longest rush of that entire game. It was probably like a 15 20 yard run. We didn't have many of those. It, it felt like
0: I think later they took like the second quarter before Auburn's longest pay, play from scrimmage was more than 5 yards. And that should not be a case for a for a Cal defense and a Cal team in general who is less talented than Auburn is. And I mean looking back I mean, watching the game over again looking at Peyton Thorne looked like a deer in the headlights until like that last, uh, last drive, uh, of the game. And I just got a message from Ike. He's watching the stream. Uh, it was a reverse to Jeremiah Cobb. Uh, and Cobb, do he, he, I think Cobb played his way out of, out of that red shirt.
1: Yeah. He came in and for the, the place he was in, he made it work. Like he came in. I know he had two rushes that, that amounted to a first down. Um, just those two. And then obviously that was reversed was was him and not Jarquez. And then another play taken away from him.
0: Yeah, and uh, he what, he had three carries for twenty yards six it was six point seven yards a carry. Auburn ran the ball very well to Demarielson and Jeremiah Cobb. And I'm just gonna I think I'm gonna use that to kind of go into the pros of the game and going to get a lot of these before I do that, I'm going to go get some of these last ones out of the way. uh AJ Rivera with is this an issue with wide receiver ability or play calling with the two two QB system? Last night was strictly a play calling issue. That was that was a mismatch between Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery and not knowing when they need to put in Robbie Ashford So I just think you gotta figure out when you're gonna want to put Robbie Ashford in more often than not. If you want to switch to Robbie, commit to it. If you want to keep Thorne, commit to it. Don't come out, you freeze and say, yeah, if Thorne's not playing well, I'm you're not gonna see a lot of them in the second half. And then just keep playing in the second half and only throwing Robbie Ashford in to do these weird play calls that are not made for his skill set. Let's see, we got Lamores again. Thorne also needs to go through his progressions and stop staring down the wide receivers. I, la- yeah last night did not see a lot of him uh making making many progressions in the pocket uh, and it took a while for him to even want to stand in the pocket
1: and that that's my biggest issue is that he's supposed to be our experienced quarterback he's supposed to be the guy that's been there done that and can go and make those reads and run the offense and he's not proven himself to be that guy yet yeah, and then Let's just go back to the wide receivers for a second. Shane Hooks is a better one-handed
0: catcher than he is a two. am rewatching re-watching the game, and that's at least the second time I've seen him go go through his hands above his head, stick up one hand, and bring it down. Uh, I don't think he's – I think Shane Hooks needs to learn. I, I think Odell Beckham Jr. has ruined the wide receiver, any wide receiver growing up and coming into college because now – they want to make those highlight plays. They want to make those like uh sports in their top ten moments. Shane Hooks has, has not brought in a catch of one hand. Uh, he would have had a he would have had another catch last week against UMass if he would have thrown up his left hand to catch it. And last night, I mean it, the ball was overthrown to all get out. But when you have a quarterback in Peyton Thorne who has been struggling in the pocket and uh, or at least just last last uh yesterday you gotta be a more reliable target for that for that quarterback as in if he's gonna throw it above your head maybe don't just throw up one hand like on a whim put up that second hand so you can i don't know bring it down and actually secure the ball because at that point you're throwing the ball up just trying to get any momentum you you can possibly get and let's see we also got uh oh we got dark west hunter comment i'm gonna get back to that in a second uh why question my question is why wasn't Fairweather targeted only once before the latter minutes of the fourth quarter? I I, I don't know. Rivaldo Fairweather proved to me yesterday that he is the most reliable pass catching target on the field at any given time. And the thing funny thing about that, I knew that he was going to be as soon as he committed to Auburn. And I get you don't open the playbook up. I get it. I completely understand. You don't want to show too much before you get an SC conference play. But when you're struggling that much, especially in the first half, why aren't you utilizing Fairweather more outside of just in a blocking context?
1: Especially when you're you're down, because Auburn was down until six minutes left in the game, and we still saw nothing from him.
0: Yeah, it, it made no sense. And I'll get back to the Lott Morris for a second. I mean, you this game brought back Jarquez Hunter, and Jarquez Hunter did not play up to par. And I think it might've been a little bit of us uh, overestimation of what he's going to do for Auburn and Lamorris said Hunter looks like he's just not up to game speed yet. He needed those reps. Hunter, Hunter looked out of it yesterday. He definitely looked like he just has not practiced in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I mean, that fumble he had was bad. Uh, he averaged four, four yards of carry and he just, wasn't doing what we expected the Druckland center to come out of the gates of this football season doing. And honestly, it might be time to just start splitting the carries with Damari Alston. Cause I to get the positive of this game. Damari Austin played lights out whenever he got the ball.
1: For sure. I think there's definitely the possibility for a nice two headed monster there. Um, I'm not ready to look completely right off Jarquez. Um, yeah. I think he had some good runs. Obviously it's his, his first game back. Um, so we'll, I'm gonna give him a little time. Um, he's got to hold on to the ball. Same for for Jamari. Same for everyone on our team right now. Um, I need to see them all walking around campus with footballs this week. Um,
0: <laughs> just letting every student punch,
1: try to punch it out. Yeah.
0: Just, but I mean, it, and uh, just like Chris B's comment, Freeze should or Riley M. Hunter had to knock the cobwebs off. Yeah, those cobwebs uh, they were they were a little sticky. Uh, unlike his hands uh also he needs to put on some gloves I- i'm a big component of running back should be wearing gloves for the extra grip i don't understand why he did not have gloves on i, I can respect it if it's a thing he does but in that context put on some gloves uh but i think i don't think damari is by any means better than dark West hunter right now i think that damari can develop into a better running back because i think damari's skill set can be that but overall, I think that it might be just give Jarquez some time to get back up to you know Jarquez of last year, and Sanford is going to be a great game for that. Maybe take out the two quarterback system for for a couple for a little bit and utilize Robbie for just uh, verbal meme uh, red zone Robbie. Uh, utilize red zone Robbie, but for the time being, maybe split the carries a little bit more with Damari like you did last night. Jarquez had three three more carries. And Demario had two less yards than him. Uh, that that should be how this season goes. I don't think I'll, Auburn might not get a thousand yard rusher if if it takes Draquette too much longer too long to get back in the swing of things because if you can't get it at Sanford, you got a tough slate of games coming up ahead. And I mean AM, Georgia, LSU. Even though AM and George, Georgia, Georgia. I'm not going to say it. Never mind. not going to say it. I don't want to say it. (laughs) I do not need to be any kind of hype video fodder for Georgia whatsoever. But, yeah. And, Teresa, meet meet. me. UTSA did win. Uh, Big ups on them. But to look at the defensive side of the ball, defense played lights
1: out. For sure. I mean, everything – not everything, but a lot of what we saw was good. Like, obviously – holy shit. Asante went nuts. Like he was everywhere on that football field. Dude, Eugene Asante might already be the best
0: player on this team already and it took him two games. And granted one nobody and then a mid-level Pac-12 team. But Eugene Asante has already proven if if this next depth chart comes out and it's not a little altered a little bit to put Eugene Asante in the starting lineup, uh, I don't understand why not. But you just have to eat twelve tackles one sack, one TFL and one pass deflection. And I mean, this could be case for if you have a defense that's talented and a little lackluster, uh, maybe don't come out on a press conference and talk crap. Uh #JayNot. not. Uh, I hope he's fine. I, I know he I, he that looked like a concussion uh, that he got and I, I hope he's I hope he's okay. Uh, I wish the best for a season, uh, but I am glad Auburn did lock him down to only 78 rushing yards, and Eugene Desante is a big component of that. Uh, He is his ability, and I saw a great tweet, and this is going to maybe not let Tar uh, have the happiest day if he's watching this. Uh, Eugene Asante is playing exactly like how we all wanted Owen Papo to play. Uh, a player that is all over the field, getting to the quarterback, getting in the backfield, stuff in the run, and providing some decent coverage. Uh, and Eugene Asante, I mean, outside outside of him, I mean, Larry Nixon, I think, did a great job. They finally used Larry Nixon like they should be using him. They used him to plug gaps in the run game. I don't know why they didn't use that last game, but this is what I need to see from this defense. Rod Roberts, took a step up. Philip Montgomery took two steps back from last game.
1: For sure. And I think that the biggest thing with Asante was just the timeliness of the plays he'd make. Like he had a tackle for loss before one of the missed kicks and he had a uh, like a sack and a hurry for the one another one. So without him getting these tackle for losses, these sacks, they might not miss these kicks if they're a little closer.
0: Yeah. And and it doesn't help that it helped that one fumble that they had on that on that sweet play that went back like twelve yards. Yes. But oh boy, uh, I, my other highlighted player I have for this game, uh Oscar
1: Chapman. He he was punting with the best of them. That first one where he's backed all the way up and like touching the white line wasn't great, but that's not on him.
0: Yeah, that's completely on on the defense. But to see he had five punts, uh, averaging forty yards a punt, and. And if it wasn't for Fairweather in that fourth quarter, he would have been my offensive player of the week. But <laughs> but Fairweather solidified that doing everything he did to ensure that Auburn could move the ball down the field. Uh, and let me go back to a negative for a second. I don't think, we didn't talk about this on air quite yet. These commentators suck. <laughs> and you were lucky that you were in a place where you could not hear the TV. Brock Osweiler. I'm glad he retired from football because he sucked at football. It is about time he retires from commentating as well. Because if there's one thing that irks me, I love watching games on television. And I tried it before to mute the TV and listen to Andy's call, but it's always like a player head or it's behind or it's just one of the two and it's never in sync. I have to listen to people on, on TV. Brock Osweiler and Dave Fleming might be in my top three least favorite commentating crews. And this is the first time I've ever heard them commentate a game.
1: Yeah, I didn't hear it. I was I was at Sky, um, so didn't only heard the roar of our Auburn family. But um, I thought the broadcast had some some fun parts. We got we had to all be riding the bear. Awesome! They showed the Bama fan forever, which of course there was a Bama fan there. There's um, also a Texas fan there too. <laughs> yeah, but that was cooler than the Bama fan. So I'll I'll take that one. And I mean,
0: dude, the 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 call out at the beginning of the game for Jade Knott, who had like one who had a, a good run to start off the game, or one of the first uh, carries of the game was a decent run, and they go Auburn had some great has had great running backs, but Callis had some great running backs, and they showed up the graphic later on. It was like uh, three guys I've ever heard of, then Marshawn Lynch, Justin Forsett, and don't remember who the last guy was It have and they're like Jaden off going to be on this list next and then they burnt the auburn one and there's like bo jackson cadillac trey mason carry on johnson and i'm struggling remember the other ones that showed up too but i'm like i'm sorry college wise nfl a different story because Marshawn lynch probably the best nfl running back shown um bo jackson could have been if he would just play football only no one in that cow running back room whatsoever touches Anybody in Auburn's top 10 running backs of all time, maybe. And strictly not top five.
1: Yeah, I was just waiting for them to throw the college loop tweet up uh, on the broadcast talking about how great our running back room is. So, I just, I've never wanted to, I never
0: thought in my life I would ever see two graphics put together comparing the running back rooms and I would see one of them, Bo Jackson, and the other one would have Justin Forsett. Never in my life did I ever expect that those these things to be compared in that way. That baffled me, but Jesus. Uh, but another positive I have for this game, just to get back to not talk about Brock Osweiler for the rest of my life ever again, uh, thank you, Cal, for going to the ACC, because that means he no longer will be in my eardrum whatsoever. This offense, for what it's worth, the last drive of the game worked out so well because of the up-tempo. But I do wonder, is there an easier way for them to implement Robbie Ashford without just making him a running back playing quarterback?
1: I, I don't know. I don't know how you get hit Robbie involved in this offense without him being the starting quarterback. Make him line up at running back. i'd I'd be down for that if we showed him line up at running back. a little trickery going, but I
0: don't know. I mean, Kansas does this thing with uh, their two quarterbacks with uh, Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean, where they'll actually like line like bean out at as a as a uh, wide receiver put Jalen Daniels at quarterback and they'll do a little reverse and Jason B don't get it and throw it down the field and get, and they'll get like 40 yards because Kansas knows how to use their two quarterbacks for, for what they're really good at, their athletic ability. But at some point you're just going to have to look at your two, two guys and I, I, and Holden Garner might end up getting some decent playing time down the road. I don't think it might, I don't even know if he'll even get it in this year really, but, Holy crap, dude. If you're if Peyton Thorne is not performing well, I am not confident that Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery will do the take the necessary steps to take their struggling quarterback out and put faith in Robbie Ashford. And that is coming from the biggest Robbie Ashford truther in the Auburn fan base. It's president of the fan club. If you're going to put Robbie Ashford in, put some faith into him. Let him show off what he can do. And don't just make him run around the edge. Don't make him just run up the middle. Don't make it, you can run an option play. The RPO was not utilized last night. The RPO is nowhere to be seen. It was either we're going to run or we're, we're going to pass. The option wasn't really there.
1: We have to make Robbie a quarterback because right now he's not playing like one. It's just, it's not the way we're using him. So either have to make Robbie a quarterback or make Robbie something else.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and B will last night on the warport was a big component of maybe trying to get Holden Gurner on, on the field. And if Peyton Thorne's struggling to pass the ball it probably wouldn't be the worst idea to maybe throw in Gurn or just to try something different, just to see what can work if you're wanting to pass the ball down the field. Cause if the, if the defensive lines get into him if the defense, get into him, Peyton Thorne just isn't a big game quarterback. And that I wouldn't even say Cal's a big game, but he just was out of it. And that's not something you're wanting. Like you said, from your veteran quarterback in the in that in the in the room, and Robbie Ashford, for what it's worth, his competitive ability will uh, rarely lets him get rattled. Uh, he'll make some stupid mistakes in that because you know competitive edge. You're just trying to make a play, and you'll just ter- stupid turnovers. But I'd rather have a guy trying to win make ter- make stupid turnovers than a guy who is scared to death in the backfield and he's just trying to throw the ball whenever. Like that, him reaching forward and just kind of chunking the ball forward to Jackson Sherman That will be forever ingrained in my
1: brain. Mm-hmm. I think I think we need to hit another positive here, because we've not talked about what I think is the second biggest play of this entire game, and that's Donovan Kaufman getting the the strip and the recovery that leads to to Auburn's first touchdown of the game. I mean Donovan Kaufman. Uh, I, I
0: and I heard that I know he's hurt. Keontae got hurt last game as well. I don't know. Have they have they said exactly what it, what it was? They were checking him out for a concussion, as far as I know, but I don't know if they actually like said he was concussed or not.
1: I don't know if anything's officially official.
0: Yeah, but uh, D, DK and Keontae Scott both went out of the game. But I think overall, that star position. I hope both of them. If it, if it takes another week, don't let him play against Sanford those two guys are gonna be some of the key players you're gonna need on defense to beat AM and get competitive with Georgia. Uh and you that DK fumble I mean dude we went I went this entire offseason hearing about how the coaches didn't really like Kaufman because of his size. But I just don't I don't see what they were seeing. Uh, Donovan Kaufman makes a play almost every time he's on the field. Every drive I, I hear his name at least once and last night he uh, got half of a TFL and second team in tackles right after Eugene Asante, and that's because Eugene Asante had a, a crazy night. Put him in the Heisman race. He's gonna. Robbie wins it next year, and Eugene Asante second place. That's what's gonna happen. Uh, right it in stone. Uh, but Kaufman, dude, he is. I, who who was the that was like nicknamed a Jack Rabbit, like not too long ago?
1: Um, was it Owen Papo? I think it was Owen Papo. Was
0: it Owen Papo? Kaufman might be the next like I. It's a weird comparison I'm going to make here, but the way Tyron Matthew was used at LSU is about how Auburn should be using Donovan Kaufman. And you got Honey Badger and I got Jack Rabbit over here at Auburn because Donovan Kaufman, dude. Thank you Vanderbilt so much for wasting his abilities alongside Elijah McAllister. <laughs> but thank you mostly for uh, Donovan Kaufman right now, and thank you UNC for Eugene Asante. but. Def- another defensive thing, have we mentioned Jason Jones yet? Because, we have not. Not he- for real. <laughs> because he's not really made an impact on either of these last two games. Marcus Harris stepped up last game mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Uh, he was a force to reckoned with. He was making it uh, hard for guards and the centers to even like make a key block. Jason Jones, I rarely heard his, his name. I mean, He got three tackles, I believe, but uh, he was not making any impact on the defensive line Mm-mm.
1: no he was playing second fiddle to to harris the whole game and i mean harris balled out and he he plugged the holes and did what he needed to do which you know will will obviously take take some some shine away from everyone else but just not not doing much
0: and then you're looking at uh we got a comment from Lamores again saying did you guys see falk on any plays i didn't Keldrick did play. I just think this was his... uh, He played very well against UMass. I think this was a welcome to college football moment. Because he was on the field, and wherever he was, I mostly saw him getting ran away from. I don't know if it was just because they were scared to run it towards Keldrick, or that was just a design play call. Keldrick was on the wrong side uh, at that time. But Keldrick did get three tackles. But I just also think that the ball is getting pushed away from him more often than not. Uh and I was more trying to find out uh and, and he definitely everyone everyone else defense got overshadowed by Eugene asante So I, I just think that we didn't really see a lot of Keldrick Falk or hear a lot about him because he wasn't really getting the play called towards his side of the field. So I, keldrick gonna develop very well over the season. I just think this was just his like Oh, this is this is a power five school right here. I need to get better during practice. Uh, but I mean, overall, I, defensively, outside of Eugene Asante, Donovan Kaufman, and uh, Larry Nixon the third, the DBs played very well as well. I just want to say that I'm not going to count uh, Kaufman and and uh, Keontae out there because they're stars, which means they're kind of like linebacker safety combos. Kyan Lee, I'm gonna let you actually I'm gonna talk about DJ James. I'm gonna let you talk about Kyan Lee because I because right. I know you got some you got some opinions on him. DJ James uh played very well when they put him in man-to-man coverage. And he got that key interception to basically win the game at the end off of a really an underthrown ball. Ron Roberts needs to utilize the fact that these defensive backs in this DB room are man-to-man guys. These are man-coverage defensive backs. Zone, not really their thing. And when I saw DJ James get kind of uh, picked up on, uh uh it was because he was in in zone coverage. And it, it looked bad, uh for what it's worth. And that could have been a, a, the team just looked bad. Maybe they were tired. But zone does not work in Auburn's defense. And I have rarely seen it work at all in any Auburn defense I've ever watched. But yeah, I'm going to let you talk about Kyan Lee for a second, too
1: yeah i mean kindly looked looked good uh obviously a freshman the only thing I saw from him uh was a little handsy there were a couple plays that he probably could have been called for p i uh that obviously he was not only the only thing he was called for i guess i think the only uh defensive penalty the whole game was that uh roughing call where he tackled the receiver out of bounds and it probably doesn't get called half time does get called the other half but I thought he held his own um Obviously, in zone, he was not as good as he was in man, but that goes for our entire defense, as, as Dylan has just said. Um, yeah. I think every downfield pass that that Cal completed was in zone coverage.
0: Yeah, and I mean, uh, Kyan had that great play to start the, the, on the fourth play from scrimmage, really, after that shovel pass uh, to turn over the ball. Because uh, Cal came on the field and stepped up and threw the ball down the field on Kyan Lee, trying to you know, exploit the fact that we're starting a, a freshman defensive back and Kyan made an amazing play, and I um, mean the commentator said they got a little handsy. Every you would call pass interference on every play if you counted just being a little handsy between the two, and it's just a matter of like who did what. But Kyan Lee, his ability to, and he should, and uh, and it just goes to show how talented he is and why Ohio State really wanted him. He went up with one hand and just batted it back down, while and not even getting beat it was great coverage all the way down the field and kyan lee again like keldrick fox is gonna turn out to be a it's gonna be a great player down the road and and may, might even evolve into one during the season getting key snaps because i really want to know where, where Nemi pritchett is i really want to know
1: yeah uh obviously that's the key piece of this defense that we're missing right now um and once he's back, I think that it's crazy that you think our secondary just gets better with the addition of him because they've been the the star of uh, so far of this season. Yeah, and,
0: and and it's worth mentioning too that we also don't know when Austin Keys is going to be back either. And if Nnamdi Pritchett and Austin Keys are both on the field at the same time, alongside the emergence of Eugene Asante, Donovan Kaufman, Keate Scott, A, et, cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, this defense could end up being the best part of this team and finally emerging into something that we were not really expecting after week one. And all we really need to do is we need our defensive linemen, uh, especially the two defensive tackles up front, Jason Jones, uh, to be more consistently good at, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback because Logic McAllister Hasn't really been a presence in the backfield. I love Elijah. I love his 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 football IQ. He's not been getting back there, and our edge rushers haven't have been struggling a little bit. Jalen McLeod made a lot of good plays yesterday, and um, in, and in his first game back from injury. Also, he went down with a cramp, and your boy Brock Osweiler called him out for potentially falling down purposely. By the way, uh, on his first game back from injury, so. Brock Osweiler yeah. is on, not on my good side right now.
1: I miss that. Yeah, and McLeod
0: makes some good plays in the open field, and I think he's going to – I think Jim McLeod, if he is ever – if he is 100%, I think we're going to start seeing him emerge as a starting edge rusher because he he's just a good lateral guy. Uh, but defensive line, interior defensive line, struggles. Struggled, struggled, struggled outside of Marcus Harris. I, and Jason, it's just a matter of fact, go back to Jason Jones. I just need to know where he is. I just need to know if it's just something going on with him. If it's just, we just over hyped up uh, Jason Jones. And I got a comment up here from, from Amir. Need to see explosion for Jason Jones. He keeps getting stood up to big of a frame for lackluster play. That is, that's the nail on the head right there. Uh, He is too big. He is too strong. He is too as, as we were told, he was too good to be playing this bad. I, I just don't know when we're going to see him emerge, and I don't know if Auburn is going to be able to – we're lucky the linebackers have stepped up uh, in a position that we were not the highest on. Uh, Eugene Asante I, – I, I, I'm just going to make the change your title to Eugene Asante, Eugene Asante, Eugene Asante. That's all that's worth really going very in-depth about on this show because the interior gives the line – It's just not good.
1: Something that we didn't even touch on was he kind of stepped up as a leader on defense too. Um, When uh, the cows running back uh, went out, uh, Jalen Simpson went and started jawing at him while he was laying there. And Asante came and pulled him back and was like, no, we don't do that. Let's not get a penalty. And that's what you want to see from your linebackers.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if, if you dream wasn't over there knocking Simpson out of the way, who I'll say it again. I predicted the Jalen Simpson to lead Auburn in interceptions and, and deep touchdowns. He is currently still doing that uh, with his second interception of the day coming at the end of the first half on a Hail Mary. Yeah. The still yeah. The arm punt. Uh, but let's get back to some comments here. We got James Barnett. I think this defense can be top three in the SEC by midseason If they continue to continue playing the way they played and stay healthy thoughts uh, Colin, I'll Let you filled that one first.
1: Um, I think top three is maybe pushing it. You know, obviously SEC has some of the best defenses in the country. Um, I think our secondary is elite and we're seeing good play from our linebackers, but that that front needs some work. If we can get that that front, I think top three is a possibility, but it's it's a long way off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say at best case you're gonna get a top six defense of a midseason. And that's if you can get through LSU's offense uh and a little bit of an improved AM offense for what it's worth I still don't think that Jim is going to be Texas AM's head coach by the 2024 season uh but he'll be enjoying his nice 76 million dollar check very soon and I mean if Georgia if they can figure out their offense they're going to be a dangerous team as well uh, per the usage. Uh, so it's just all about getting through those three teams but it's all about the interior defensive line I mean if Eugene Asante, as good as he has been playing, can he keep doing it? I have full faith that he can, but can he continue to pick up the slack that Auburn is experiencing with Jason Jones and Justin Rogers and Lawrence Johnson? I mean, you have three guys right there, and Marcus Harris on the good side of that, that are unable to get pressure and push back on on the interior offensive lineup, whoever they're playing. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Lamorris. Got another. I like those blitzes. Coach Roberts has out has out of those zone coverages, though. Yeah, but overall, just going to go back to the man-to-man DBs. Uh, if and those blitzes were good whenever they got to the backfield, but if they didn't get to the backfield in time, and if Eugene Asante was not blitzing the quarterback in those blitzes, more often than not, those turned into some decent gains for Cal.
1: You're compromising your strongest part of your defense when you when you blitz in zone.
0: Yeah. And you got New Tiger 3. Is our offensive line as good as we thought? At this point, it depends on the week. Because uh, 50-50 <laughs> shot right now. So uh, get back to me on that uh, when we <laughs> do the review for a hopeful win against uh, Sanford. But it might be time just to keep Gunnar Britton to right tackle. And sources are saying because Isaiah Miller, for as good as he was at the latter part of the of fall camp, he, Isaiah Von Miller committed a lot of those offensive penalties. I don't want to say a lot. I, I think there was three, well, three out of seven might be classified as a good chunk of that. But the fall starts, the holdings, uh, the, well, really those two that. Just brought back. I want to say like three big plays Auburn had, and again the Jeremiah Cobb play comes to mind, Jarquez, a, a Jar, like a dark play, and a pass play. I can't remember what it was. All came back because of because of those penalties. It just consistency is key in, in Auburn's offensive line. In the offensive line's case, and again, right now fifty fifty shot on if we have a good offensive line or not. But it just might be time. To, we talk about the quarterbacks maybe sticking with Gunnar britton a right tackle for now until Azeva Miller can get kind of sat back and kind of relaxed in his position and then maybe try to utilize his talented abilities that he he's been given. I mean Azeva Miller is a great tackle. But I just think under the lights last night, I just don't think he performed up the par. And let's see, we got Colt Weaver. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if Jason Jones, Wesley Steiner, and Cam Riley just retired tomorrow, just being honest. Yeah, uh, Wesley, uh, Jason Jones, I think, can emerge later on. I just think he needs to, I don't know, pick up the pace. Cam Riley, athletic. Uh, Wesley Steiner, I'm not the highest fan of. So I'll put that out there. (laughs) I, I think Wesley Steiner's not that great.
1: I think my feelings would be a little hurt. They're quitting mid-season. Come on, man. Finish it out.
0: <laughs> uh, we got, let's see. The DBs can still still need to improve on their coverage. Get in your head turned around so we don't get past interference calls. That needs to be vocalized in practice. Ball security, the main focus right now. Yeah, ball security is a needs to be a huge focus right now. Uh, DBs, I feel like I've done pretty well in coverage. Uh, I, I think of everything uh, that we saw last night. The defensive backs definitely are as good as advertised. Uh, the running backs need to step up a little bit, uh, uh, ball security wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of that could be on the offensive line, not really busting open any holes for the for the, any of the running backs last night. Because these running back, this running back room is elite. We just gonna have to wait, maybe a little bit to get all of them uh, up to par. And let's see, back to the defensive uh, rankings thing. Uh, Teresa says top three in the West, maybe. I think top three in the West is manageable for the defense. I'm... That can happen, yeah. <laughs> top, top three out of 14 is a way different question than uh, top uh, top three out of seven. Uh, but, I mean, next year is going to be just going into the di- giant pool of 16. So that's going to be a fun year. I uh, got new Tiger back. I thought defensive line did a good job of keeping the O-line off the linebackers. Um, uh, I mean that happens whenever Jason Jones is as big as two defensive linemen are. He he's he's big, and he can cause that kind of havoc. But I just need him to step up, in in terms of you know busting through the offensive line, because it's something he can do, and something we've not seen from him quite yet. Let's see. We also got we got back to James Barnett. If you take away the penalties alone, we probably have at least another 14 points. That's not including the turnovers. Thoughts?
1: I don't know.
0: Probably got some goals.
1: Yeah, just seeing our offense score points is hard to envision after watching that game twice. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I think –
0: you probably would get up to maybe 20 to 23 points. Uh, cause I, I just don't know. Uh, cause we saw the, what in the reds in the red zone, uh, you know, uh, utilizing, you know, red zone, Robbie incorrectly, uh, verbal meme. Uh, it yeah. just,
1: I don't know McPherson has a leg on him. <laughs> you can yeah, see him I mean,
0: kicking, kicking some th- field goals. Throw McPherson out there. I thought we we're going to rely on him to kick a 50 something yarder last night. Uh, but I think, that's when I think Cal committed a penalty and moved us up a little bit. But, I mean, I, I don't think this penalty has changed much. I, I think that Auburn still struggles offensively to score. I think that you kind of just go down the field, quote-unquote, get down the field, and you just kind of rely on McPherson's legs, and then you make this game look a whole lot better than it does on the score sheet because then that'd probably be a 20-10 a to 10 win with two field goals from your field goal kicker who – I'm ready to see how far he can actually kick it. I've been hearing it all season, off season long, that he can kick a 60 yard field goal. So, I'm not opposed to letting him try it from the distance. So I, I just want to see him. I want to see him kick. I love kickers.
1: Yeah, let's let him line up for for Samford. I don't see how that could hurt.
0: Yeah, just halftime. Put him on the put him on the 50 yard line and just let him go at it. I mean, we also got a comment from Riley M earlier saying Oscar Chapman's a cyborg. I mean, PKU baby. Uh, place kicker university and let's see you got aunt robinson bringing up um uh, messiah necessarily kite it doesn't it doesn't show up in the stats but kite does his job very well maybe you can start him harrison mcleod o-line should have right starting by wade those two are very very dominating uh let's see, right, jeremiah right i believe yeah uh I, did jeremiah jeremiah Wright seem like he was taken out a lot
1: i didn't in, think he played a whole lot
0: I don't think so either I, and i think that's because whenever Gunnar britain moves to right guard they take right out but miller in at right tackle but jeremiah Wright is probably i don't want to say one of your better ones but can be one of your better offensive linemen i i think i i like when d linemen like kind of sub out i'm not the biggest fan of offensive linemen sub, subbing out because that can affect your offensive uh like momentum just as much as switching out quarterbacks can mm-hmm. because if Gunnar britain is is like killing on the edge over there, right tackle. He moved to right guard and put out Xavier Miller. I mean, they're just going to abuse that, and that's where you got the, the holding calls and everything. Uh, the defensive line, yeah, I, Kite just I, – I guess it is me just me reading the box score and whatnot. He, he did get four tackles. I just think that when it comes to the other – he just might need to switch to the defensive end uh, strictly, which I think he does play defensive end, actually. It might just be – I think he's a little bit slower than some of our more talented ones on the field. And I think most the silly kites is, I think he's good, but Keldrick Falk is a lot faster and he's a lot more athletic and it might be just worth that strictly because meeting sec offenses, I mean, you kind of want the more athletic guy in a defensive end. And I, I think like a defensive line of, of kite Marcus Harris, Jalen McLeod. And I really don't know who to put in that fourth spot.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think obviously Kite did did his job. Um, but he wasn't like making any standout plays. He was just doing what he needed to do. And that's kind of the the player that I think you can expect him to be for Auburn. He's not super flashy about it, but he'll he'll get it done. I mean, two eighty five for Nasilia Kite. I mean,
0: it might just be put him put him at put Marcus Harris and Kite in the middle and then put Calder Falk around the defensive end. I mean, Kite's a big boy. He just isn't fast enough for for the edge. Uh, and and Justin Rogers, I, I just also wanted to bring up him. I, it's still yet to be seen if if he's really – and I think he, he played a decent bit, I believe. Uh, I just didn't really hear his name a whole lot. And I just, he's – what, it, this is the first game he got in, got tackles in? I mean, D, defensive line has ended up being a bigger question mark than the linebacker room has. Who'd have thought? Yeah, and got to go back to the play calling for a little bit. Got Trey Bonner waiting for the flip the script, waiting for the flip the script play calling. Yeah, uh, waiting for the second page of the of the play calling sheet, and probably won't even see that until text AM. But yeah, we're about to get out of here. So before we do, Colin, how you feeling, buddy?
1: I mean, i'm feeling i'm feeling really good i'm feeling like i want to buy some merch <laughs> would you say you're feeling a
0: little feeling loopy well loopy. Loopy? yeah well do i have the shirt for you you can go to the warpoor.com go to the link in the description below as well and you get your own feeling loopy t-shirts They come in five different colors navy heather navy heather black black and heather gray Oh, there we go yeah this shirt is beautiful it's comfy i wear mine all the time it's currently in my washing machine as i speak about it this shirt's beautiful only 25 dollars in the description below go get your own feeling loopy shirt today support us support the show support the war poor support everybody you know and it's also a great great uh game day uh uh words are uh, escaping right now on my on my ad read great accessory to wear for any game day but yeah <laughs> Colin, let everybody know they can love you find it and support you
1: yeah um just follow my twitter or x i'm not gonna call it my x uh but uh yeah it's at Byersdorf colin uh b-e-y-e-r-s-d-o-r-f colin and of course i'm doing trade trey Bonnard. so to your comment if you want
0: this hat uh it's not sponsored but 47 if 47 brand wants to sponsor the show. I am fully game for it because that means more hats for me. They but of course, do that. yeah, they should. Uh, I have a lot of hats, <laughs> but of course, Dylan Lark able to boy tank on Twitter. X, whatever you put in, it redirects. You also have me on Instagram at Dylan Lark, at D Y L A N L A R C K. And if you'll follow us here on the college loop, you can also catch us on the podcast version of the show as well. We come out, show comes out every Tuesday, Thursday. We also have a preview show on Fridays, and of course, we have today's review show every Sunday at seven o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can have us on every social media. We'll let you know where you can find us. It's at the College Loop, literally everywhere: Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, here on YouTube. Leave a comment. Leave some love. What do you think our show done well? Put that in the comments. We might uh, in- put some of those up on the show tomorrow, whenever we get the full squad back in here. And of course, whenever uh, if you're tired of seeing our faces, Tar's not here. Uh, but it's a good it's a good viewing experience when Tar's not here. But if you're if you hear Tar, if you see him, just go to the podcast version. It's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And of course, with all of that being said, it's been the College Loop post game review. I'm trying to find the outro. Where is it? There it is. It's <laughs> been the card Loop post game review. <laughs>